Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power Up Podcast, entitled Lead It or Leave It, with your host, church consultant and leadership coach, Chanel Ramsey. Okay, great. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Um, For those of you who do not know me, my name is Chanel Ramsey. I'm a leadership coach. I'm also the CEO and founder of Power Up Urban Leadership Network. Um, And in that network, our mission is to be a conduit and catalyst of empowerment for urban ministry leaders and workers. And so um, on Tuesdays around this time, um, Tuesdays at 2, sometime around 2, I like to go on live to just share with you some of the things that I've learned along the way. I don't by any means consider myself a leadership expert. However, there are certain things that are learned along the way, and I believe that leadership is a journey. It's a learning journey, and we can learn from one another. So I take this time on Tuesdays just to stop by and share with you some points that I feel heavily oppressed um, by by the Lord to share with you um, that you can be better before you are bigger, that you can um, help avoid some mistakes um, and that you don't have to, to go through if you just listen to someone else's story. And so I'm just taking out this time just to um, join you today in this conversation so that we can end the year strong and we can begin 2017 great. Um, and so what I want you to do now is just share this on Facebook let people know that you're on with me today. We are live. I want you to let them know that you are in this conversation. Also, there is a subscribe button. If you want to be alerted anytime that I go live, um, you can hit that subscribe button. And every time I go live, it will remind you to join me. Um, and um, you won't even have to worry about it. You won't have to second guess it. You won't have to, you know, put it in your phone or anything. It will let you know that I'm on live. So hit that subscribe button if you're interested. And um, if you're ready to get started, why don't you just give me some thumbs up? Let me know that you hear me clearly and that you're ready to jump into the topic for today. I'll give you a few seconds to do that. Okay, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. I hope I'm not freezing. You guys can see and hear me clearly. Let me make sure my phone is up. Okay. So I'm guessing that you can see and hear me clearly as we jump into today's topic. Hey, Andre, thank you for joining me today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, good. We're going to jump into some topics. We've been talking about evaluations, and I'm so excited about that topic because it's not something that we um, you hear every day. It's not something that um, is a common topic that we talk about, but we talked about how um, experience is not the best teacher, but evaluated experience as the best teacher. Last week, we also talked about how wisdom wisdom seeks clarity, but evaluated experience actually delivers that clarity. And so we, we talked about all of those different um, aspects of evaluation. And so there were a couple of more things that I wanted to talk about. But the reason why I'm really dealing with this topic of evaluation is because I felt so strongly about it to share, um, because it's about how we exit our season and how we enter our next season. Um, How you exit a place is just as important as how you enter your next place. And so many times we leave seasons without completely closing the chapter. We try to exit a season or exit a, um, a place that we've been in for some time without actually doing the necessary evaluations to make sure that we are going forward better. And so it's really been on my heart because I feel and I sense that the Lord wants us to end this year strong, that this year is not um, 
this year, I don't know how many of you all sense it, but I feel like I'm already in 2017. My spirit has already shifted to the next year, and I'm already in that year spiritually, and I'm walking through what the Lord has in store for us in 2017. But for those of us who have yet to shift and those of us who are trying to kind of look at our ministries and see how can we be better as we go forward, you, you get to the end of the year and you, you see the bloops, you see the blunders, you see the grows, then you see the glows, areas that you need to improve or areas that went well, um, but both areas need to be evaluated. Whether you did great or whether you didn't do so great, both need to be evaluated. Success needs to be evaluated just as much as failure, right? Because success, you need to know what made you successful, what worked in that instance, so you can then protect that and grow it, okay? And so it's important to understand those different things when it comes to evaluating. And so when we talk about evaluations, we're going to talk about today some tips on evaluating. Um, last week, we kind of just talked about generally what evaluation was and the importance of it, but I'm going to give you a little bit more strategy this week on how to evaluate. I'm going to give you some strategy um, that you can add to your leadership toolkit, right? You can add it to your arsenal. Even though you might not be able to use it now, you might be able to use it in the future. So add this to your leadership toolkit and begin to grow from it. And so when we talk about evaluating, evaluating, sometimes it's an uncomfortable process, sometimes it's a tedious process and then sometimes it's a, it's one of those um if you ever experienced task avoidance <laughs> it's like you you know you have to do it but you kind of run from it and you find everything else to do but that thing and so that's sometimes how we treat evaluation but evaluation in your own personal life as well as your ministry life needs to happen whether it's your ministry team that you oversee whether it's the church that you oversee uh, um, whether it's a project that you are part of whatever it is your life your finances both personal and ministry and business, you need to go through a time of evaluation. So as we come to these last three months, October is almost done, November and December you have, take time to evaluate. Why? Because when you evaluate, you are able to extract the value from those experiences. You're able to extract the thing that you can use to cause you to be better as you grow bigger. Um, and so when we start thinking about evaluations, one of the things that I always I always think about is the, the, the fact that anything worth doing is worth evaluating, right? Anything worth doing is worth evaluating. So if it's worth you doing it, if you set out to do that ministry project, launch that event, launch that business, whatever it is, if you set out to do it, then it is worth evaluating. Because the more you expect, the more you should inspect, right? You can expect more when you inspect more, right? Expect, E-X-P-E-C-T. You can now inspect, I-N, okay, S-P-E-C-T. When you expect more, you need to inspect more. And sometimes so many people, we have these high expectations, but we never inspect. We never do the due diligence with people, asking them the questions that we need to ask in order to evaluate, is my ministry effective? I'll tell you this evaluation is is um, biblical. Two instances where you see in the scriptures where there was an evaluation of both a person and a brand and then also 
a performance. So in the book of Matthew, you see where Jesus um, is talking to his disciples and he says to them, who do men say that I am? That was a point, a juncture of evaluation. He was evaluating his, his brand. He was evaluating how people perceived him. And so they begin to say, oh, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elias, some say this. And he said, okay, wait, this is telling me something. Because I've asked a clarifying question and I now receive this feedback, I now understand what I am now portraying. And so he realized, okay, we need to do certain things differently. We might need to make some adjustments because the brand is not clear. How many of us have businesses? We have um, dreams. We have ambitions. We have projects. We have, um, we have different things ministry endeavors. We, we were out there, but yet it's not clear to the public what we do. It's not clear. Our brand is not clear. Um, sometimes we feel like, oh, people putting me in a box. They just want to see me in a box. It's not that they want to see you in a box. It's just that the box is all they see because you haven't made your brand clear. And so again, when he took the time to evaluate the perception, he was able to say, okay, I see where I need to make the adjustments because they're getting me confused with another brand. Let me let me do some things to make me distinct, to make me uh, um, pull me apart from, give me my niche, pull me apart from the rest. And so he asked the question, how many times are we afraid to ask certain questions because of the responses that we might get? Okay, you have to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be distracted by the response because even in every criticism, there is a kernel of truth. I know we don't like that. We don't like because they, they're trying to come for me, honey. They, they out to get me. They hate us. Let me tell you something. Your worst, your, your the people that criticize you, they're your best customers because they're going to tell you what your yes men are not going to tell you, and they're going to cut. They're going to find the blind spots in your ministry. They're going to find the blind spots. Sometimes we. We disregard it because of the delivery it comes in uh, and I get it I totally get it if people are being disrespectful how can they expect to be heard if people are coming at you the wrong way all of that stuff is true but at the end of the day what is more valuable when you value feedback then you have now made progress a priority when you value feedback, that's telling me that you made progress a priority. So it might not come in the best package, but if it's the, some truth in it, sometimes you got to dig through all the extra to find the truth. Um, but that truth could be valuable in how you present your brand and how you move forward in your ministry. And so... The other point where we see that evaluations happen in scripture, now here's a performance evaluation. Because even with your team, um, you after you do an event, there needs to be a performance evaluation. How do we do? From beginning, right? Pre, during, and post. Your, just because your event end does not mean it actually stopped moving. It doesn't mean that there's nothing else to do. And so many times there's this gap between events. You have this event, people come to it, and then they never hear from you again until the next event. That is not stewarding what God gave you. If God is sending people, he's allowing them to connect with you, connect with your ministry, connect with your business, whatever it is, then you have to realize, I have to steward these people. How do I keep them connected? I shared with you last week, my mentor said to me, you need to make sure that the every every day and in every way they can hear you, they can see you, and they can read you. So if you are a leader, you're in lead ministry, whatever, how can people hear you, see you, and read you? You know, what are you posting? What are you e emailing to people? How are you staying connected with your audience? Okay, this is very, very much important because you see this in the scripture. 
Mark chapter 9. Here it is, the disciples, we know the story. Here it is, they are here, they're all, all in the room, and here comes this man, he brings his boy, his boy is demon-possessed, and they go to try to cast this devil out, and it don't work. It didn't work. And you, you know, that's embarrassing for the church, you know. And so it doesn't work. They're going through all of the antics and they're going to do that. And then it doesn't work. And the Bible says that Jesus comes and he tells them, you know, this kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting, all that great stuff. Here's the evaluating point. They went to Jesus privately, the Bible says. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that privately part. They went to Jesus privately and they asked him, what happened? What did we do wrong? Where did we go wrong? Help us. We need feedback on why this did not work. Again, you see in the scriptures where there was an inquiry for evaluation. There was a space, a platform where the disciples evaluated. So Jesus did it in the disciples. So you have to value this feedback. I know I'm saying a lot and I really, really hope you're getting it because uh, it's not that that we are not um, doing enough, right? I'm not trying to add something more to your list of do as a leader, but if we are going to steward ministry as sons, and I talked about this maybe two weeks ago on a Tuesday about stewarding ministry as sons and not slaves, right? When you understand that ministry is a family business, what did the Lord tell, tell the disciples? What did he say? He says, I'm about my father's business. Again, you are part of a family business. When you realize that you are a son, you realize that the time that you're sowing into ministry is actually an investment into your inheritance. This is not something that you're doing because slaves have residence, but sons have ownership. You are part of something that you are actually pouring into that will pour back into you. And so when you begin to steward ministry as sons and you shift your paradigm concerning your perception of ministry, then what I'm saying to you will uh, it will begin to make more sense because when you are doing ministry when you if you have ministry if you have any um a business even in your own personal life anything you're worth doing is worth evaluating anything worth doing is worth evaluating why because when you begin to evaluate when you begin to ask those questions when you begin to say hey you know, why didn't this work or what made this work? Uh, when you begin to ask yourself those questions, just like the disciples did when, when they couldn't cast out that devil, they inquired. They said, Jesus, give us feedback. Where did we go wrong? What is not working? When you start asking yourselves those questions, then you can begin to move forward better. And so, so many times we use God's presence as a seal of approval for our events. Like, okay, as long as God's presence showed up, then I don't have to evaluate. No, the mercy of God will allow his presence to come right in the room and touch people and do what he needs to do because he's God. He's sovereign. He does that. But it doesn't mean that he was pleased with every aspect of that process. And it doesn't mean he was glorified in every aspect of that process. So you have to take a step back. Taking a step back um, for some of us is very hard because we, you know, just like me, I always say I'm a forward thinking leader. I'm always on to the next thing. I'm always thinking about what's next. How can we do it? What needs to be accomplished? You know, we're the conqueror generation. We want to conquer, take territory. But sometimes to take an effective step forward, you must first take a step back. And that is something that, again, in order to evaluate, that's your step back. That's where you look at and say, okay, there's a gap between what I wanted to see and then what I am seeing.
Okay, and there's some questions that you need to ask yourself in order to be able to identify what fell through the, cra the cracks. And so leaders in general should have an evaluating nature. Okay, we should be the ones that are asking those qu clarifying questions, right? Because when you evaluate, you're able to see the gaps or the holes in the structure and your process and your systems or in your organization overall when you begin to evaluate. Any system that will unconsciously conspire to maintain your status quo and prevent change must be challenged. Okay? Any system. When you start to deal with systems, church systems, ministry systems, systems is just how you do what you do. How do you go about executing it? You have your mission. How do you execute that mission, right? When you start doing that, if your system, sometimes if we don't grow, especially if you have not updated your ministry plan since 1908, if you have not <laughs> updated and become relevant to where we are now in 2016, and beyond, right? Um, because the Holy Spirit is your, how do I like to say it? He's your insider. Uh, um, you know, he's the one that's going to give you the forecast. He's the one that gives you the insight before it happens, how to prepare for it. So you have, as believers of God, you have the advantage. So you can see, okay, what's the next turn? What do I need to do to position my ministry to be ready for the next harvest? What am I doing now that's preparing me for the bigger? What am I doing now that's preparing me for what's next, what God has for me in 2017? And so when, when you have systems that you have not updated, uh, um, when you have people in positions and then they don't have clarity on their role or their responsibility, uh, um, these are all factors that are working against you and it's unconsciously happening. Um, people don't wake up to fail. They don't intend to fail. But sometimes our church systems have put people in positions where the only option is to fail. And when you don't evaluate, you have not and when you don't evaluate, you have not yet um, been able to position yourself where you can find those holes and find those issues with the system. Okay, make sure that you guys can hear me. I see somebody saying no sound. So give me a thumbs up if you can hear me clearly. Okay, wait for the thumbs. Let me know that you can hear me. Can you hear me? Okay, I see the thumbs. All right, good. So we're going to keep flowing, okay? Sorry, Pauline. I hope you can, can lock back in. Bless you. Jamila's on. Allison is on. Natasha is on. I saw a couple of other people. I'll just take some... Um, time to say hi to people. Pastor Jonathan Small, bless you, bless you. Pastor Ernest, um, bless you. Oh, Cyrus is on. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're getting something out of this. Dwight, hello, hello, hello. Okay, so again, sometimes your systems are unconsciously conspiring to maintain your status quo or prevent change. And so evaluating will help you to find those places where you need to challenge the process. Now, challenging the process doesn't mean you challenge the person. <laughs> All right? Challenging the process doesn't mean you challenge the person. For those of us, right, who are not lead pastors in a church, but the process that you're working in, um, the model, the ministry model that you're working in uh, might need to be challenged. You have to be careful that you challenge the process, but not the person. Okay? Um, and, and I'm going to talk to you about a few tips on how to do that. Because challenging the process, uh, you have to learn how to challenge the process without challenging authority. And so 
it, it's it's in your body language. It's in your tone. Um, it's in your approach. It's in your behavior. Um, and and it's 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 in your timing. It's in your timing. It's in the language that you use when you challenge it. Uh, um, you know, sometimes our timing is wrong. Our timing is just off for when we want to challenge something. So you got to be careful. Why? Because successful leaders address and correct problems without creating a negative environment. Y'all got that? A successful leader addresses and corrects problems without creating a negative environment. I'm going to give you some tips on this right here because this is important. Um, you ever walk into a room and you feel the tense, like it's so tense, and you're like, <laughs> what just happened in here? <laughs> you know, you walk into a room and you feel like, okay, everybody's on eggshells. Uh, um, bless you, Leah, Veronica, thank you for joining me. You walk into a room and it's just this, this intensity. It's like, you know, some conversation just took place and you don't know what just happened, but you can feel it. Um, it's thick. You know, you ever go to a, a, a ministry meeting and it's just everybody's uncomfortable there's something that it's like the elephant in the room or there's just something not right you have to be able to navigate conversations and address issues and problems without creating a negative environment and so what I my tip to leaders is um, use a praise sandwich I call it a praise sandwich right you know sandwich has two pieces of bread and it has meat in the middle right so the praise sandwich is this your praise is your bread your meat is the correction that needs to happen. So you don't just take out the meat and give it to people. You put it between the bread. So when you go to address an issue, you use a praise sandwich. You start with a praise about the person, their job, their life, how they're contributing to the ministry, the organization, all of that stuff. And you end with the praise. So you start talking to them. You, you let them know how much they're necessary to the ministry and how you appreciate them being a part of it. Uh, um, you begin and you end with the praise and you put that correction piece right in the middle. Um, and it's how you do it. But you have to be genuine about it. Don't just spew out good things if you don't believe it. So again, um, we talked about last last week. We talked about marrying um, relationships and responsibilities. Um, you know, having that marriage where um, you just build the and nurture those relationships, right? But you also now have to deal with them based on their responsibility. And so um, that's just my tip for you. Because why? Successful leaders address and correct problems without creating a negative environment. You can't evaluate, you can't get a successful evaluation done if people feel negatively after the conversation, okay? Because they will leave that conversation forgetting what the goals were and only thinking about how you made them feel, okay? And so that's really, really important. So people need to feel respect. Even when challenging someone or confronting an issue, they still need to feel respect. Because sometimes as leaders, and this is a point, I, I've done this before in my life, and this is one of my leadership failure points, is sometimes we, we treat people, we treat the people with the problem like they are the problem. And you have to be so careful. And I know sometimes the frustration, that's why you can't let stuff keep building, right? When we as leaders don't address things and we just keep letting it pile up and pile up and pile up. That's why we run from evaluation because we know it's something we should have said a long time ago, but we let it pile up and pile up and pile up. And so now when we go to address it, we treat the person like the problem. 
Okay, and you got to be careful that um, we don't treat the person with the problem like they are the problem. Okay, and that's very important because that's all a part of how you nurture relationships with people. So I'm going to ask all of the leaders, if you're on here today, and I hope you're getting something out of this, this is what I'm sharing, because it's time for us to take inventory. Um, sometimes our culture might be fighting against an effective evaluation. Sometimes our culture, the culture that we set in the organization, might be fighting against an effective evaluation. You know, and, and I'm going to say this. I'm not even going to culture yet because culture is just it's, it's a, a huge topic and it will take a couple of weeks to dive into. Um, but the culture we set will set the tone for evaluations. And, I, and I'm telling you, I really sense God. I really, really sense God with this end of the year evaluations. I'm telling you, get your stuff together. Take time to evaluate. October, November, December. Take time to do inventory of yourself as a leader and, and take time to do inventory as um, of your organization, your ministry, a team that you're leading, whatever it is. Take time to do this evaluation. And, and sometimes um, our culture that we're in, our church culture, fights against effective evaluation. Let me give you an example. Does your leader or you as a leader, do you ask for feedback? Do you invite feedback or are people afraid to tell you the truth? There are some churches where um, their people are afraid to speak up. They're afraid to speak up because of the, the backlash, um, because it might come across as them um, undermining the leader. Uh, it might come across as them uh, attacking someone. So they are afraid to speak up. When... You have that culture in your environment. You have that culture in your church, your ministry, your business, your ministry team. It is fighting against effective evaluation. If you are a leader who is a superhero, you have all of the answers, right? You, there's never a question you can't answer, never a problem you can't solve. You are, you know, you got your cape on, you run to the rescue, no matter what it is. If you are that person, you're you might be fighting against an effective evaluation culture. You might be fighting against it because when people see you as the superhero and the one that has all of the answers, there is an illusion of excellence that happens. And people feel like their thoughts and opinions, you don't need them because you've got it all together. And so there are moments of transparency you have to interwoven into your ministry um, so that people know that it's a safe space to speak up, that it's a safe space to share. Um, and, you know, even though everybody's opinion uh, might not be what we make the law, what we make the rules in, the, in that particular space, it doesn't mean their opinion is not valued. Um, and so um, you, we have to be careful because sometimes we are creating a culture that's fighting against the results that we need to see. And so I'm just going to say that there. And, and one of the things that I, I really, really um, stress when it comes to evaluating is that before there's evaluation, there must be clarification. So many times we want to correct people and have not yet clarified for them where they are, who, who, who they are in, as per the organization and what they should be doing. Um, when there's no clarity and then things happen and then you're saying, you're going to end up saying a whole bunch of what well, you should have and um, you, you could have. It, 
and all of those type of terminologies and things like that actually pull away from the morale and the and your organization. Um, and so when you are you want to evaluate, there must be clarification before there can be evaluation. And so many times people are operating in ministry without clarity, without clarity. There's no job description. No, they, they have no idea. I'm just here to help. I'm just here to help. I can't stand that. Here to help do what? Why are you here to help? When you help, what does it do? No clarity. People don't have clarity. It's great for them to be a servant and they just want to serve and they just want to help, but they need clarity. If you want to see your effectiveness and ministry go up, start talking about clarity. <laughs> start dealing with clarity, helping people to understand their role and responsibility in the organization and the big picture. What is the vision? Why are you doing it? What's the mission? What do you plan to accomplish? What are the goals of that ministry? When you don't have goals, you have no point of evaluation. You have no, no standard to look to. You have no um, point to measure it by. How do you know it was well? How did you know your event went well? How do you know um, that you were successful if you never had a goal? If you never had a measurement tool, say, hey, we're going to measure what we just did against what we set out to do. And so um, it, it must be clarification before there is evaluation. Um, Pastor Pierre was on, I don't know if he's still on, but one thing he said in, in a leadership training, and I love it, he says, you got to know the why before the what, right? We know what we want people to do, but they need to know why they are doing it, right? They need to understand the heartbeat, the mission. They need to get tied into that because that's going to affect their what. And sometimes we don't realize it, um, but that is really behind why we see so many lack, so much lack, and we see things falling through the crack, and people not following up, and and the, and the performance goes down is because they don't even know why they do what they do. Every once in a while, wow, you got to come back around and revisit that why. You got to come back around and make sure they're attached to the vision. Um, when people become detached and disconnected, you start to see death. You start to see negativity. Right. That's indicating that somewhere they have lost their attachment to you, to the ministry, to the pulse of what you're doing, to the voice of God, whatever it is. That's why we have to make sure that we we value people over paperwork. Right. We value people over our projects, because when we start to look at what's happening with them, it might be indicating a failure somewhere in our leadership. And I know, again, if you if you are not a person who invites that type of feedback where you're okay with someone saying, hey, this is something, this is an area you need to work on. If you don't have accountability, that's really what we're talking about. Where you sit down with someone and they're able to give you feedback, honest, open feedback, and you don't walk away offended, um, then you are, um, you're putting yourself in a position where you're creating a culture that's going to work against you. And so um, what you don't know will hurt you. Right. That's why we do evaluations, because what you don't know will hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. You can't benefit from what you don't know. All right. And if we want to see our ministries go to the next level, if we want to see our businesses, our lives go to the next level. You have to evaluate. I'm telling you, I feel this so strong. It is some, I feel it so strong that I have this special offer that I'm going to tell you about at the end. Um, but I'm going to give you a few more questions that you can use in your evaluation process. So I want you to grab a pen, grab some paper, and write these things down. So I want to talk to you about a new approach to evaluating, right? 
you know how we are when we're evaluating someone. You have them fill out the evaluation form. They evaluate themselves, so on and so forth. You evaluate them based on a set, um, set of questions. Um, but one of the things that I found most effective is having evaluating conversations on a regular, um, where it's not on paper. They don't have to check any boxes, um, but you ask them certain questions as you see them and in the midst of conversations that you have with them. So it's not like it stands out that much, um, but you incorporate it into your normal routine of having conversations with them. Um, so this is my advice to you as leaders. Don't ask questions if you don't plan to address the, the answer, right? If someone brings up an issue and you don't plan to address it, if you want to do nothing with that information, then don't do an evaluation because it's nothing more fu frustrating than knowing that you brought up something in a meeting or you brought up something to your leader and they did nothing with that. You have to follow through and you have to follow up with that person. Say, hey, you brought up to me last week that, you know, every time you buy cups and you put them in the church kitchen, um, when you come back in the next week, the cups are gone. So this is what we did. We brought an actual bin with a lock on it. And now you can put your cups in there. If you don't plan to help them solve that problem, if you don't plan to do anything about that issue, then don't even bother evaluating because you will cause more frustration in your organization than you want. And so you want to ask these questions. Now, these questions questions are designed to get feedback, not so much address behavior, right? So you want to ask questions that are designed to give you feedback, not so much address the behavior, even though it does, okay? And that's going to help you as you begin to see more growth. Sometimes we evaluate performance, but not the person's experience in your organization. Their experience in your organization may be impacting their performance, okay? So here are some questions. I'm going to give them to you now. So I want you to write this down. And you ask these questions. Number one, you ask these questions one-on-one -on -one with the person. Number two, you don't ask all of these questions at one time. <laughs> okay? You, you spread them out. Use them at different points. Um, and you don't ask them all in one conversation. Use different times that you speak to them. Incorporate one of these, these questions. And what I would suggest is don't do more than two of these questions in a conversation. Okay, so the first question is this. What are you most excited about right now? This question is a passion question. This is going to get the best out of people. This is going to be the question that people, their eyes light up and they get passionate about something and they, they talk from that place, that emotional place where they're saying how much they enjoy something, okay? So this is a passion question. Next question, number two. What do you wish you could spend more time on, okay? Sometimes, um, as I, I always go by this, when you're working on something, even though you love it, there's an 80-20 rule. 80% of it you're going to love. 20% you, you don't quite love, but you got to do it anyway, you know? 80%, you know how it is for us preachers. 80% we want to preach. 20% we want to, you know, have to do the paperwork. We don't really feel like going back and forth and doing all of that, right? There's a there's an 80-20 rule that's in effect when we pursue our passions. You know, most people don't experience the 100% where they just love everything. And so what happens is you ask them, what do you wish you could spend more time on? This is going to give you some insight into how they feel about their work that they're doing in the church or in the ministry or in your ministry, on your ministry team. What, what's most challenging for you? 
okay? This this question right here, number three, what's most challenging for you is going to uncover some system problems, right? This is going to be able to point out to you what are some of the things that they're unhappy about in the workplace because, again, their experience might be impacting their performance, okay? So that's going to give you that. Number four, anything bugging you, anything bugging you. Is there anything bugging you? Now, this question is going to cross both personal and ministry. So it's just an opportunity for them to open up and share what's going on with them. So anything bugging you? The last question is, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? Okay, this is a big question. For those of us who are fixers, please keep in mind that sometimes people just need to vent. They don't actually need you to do anything. Um, so don't just, you know, try to rush in and try to solve the problem. Let them tell you. Sometimes it'll be like, well, I just needed somebody to listen. Um, I just needed to know that I was heard, right? When people know that they are heard, then they feel valued. When people know that they are heard, they feel valued. People in your organization, especially when you have volunteers, right? These people work in a ministry. They're not getting a paycheck, most of them. They're doing it out of the abundance of their heart. And as unto the Lord, they need to feel valued. Okay, so what can I help you with? That's the last question. Now, I think I'm done because I think I gave you all so much. Um, so much information. Um, I hope you got a lot out of it. This conversation is going to continue. Why? Because I feel so strongly that these last two months now, because really October's over, um, these last two months, it's time for you to evaluate, 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 um, because what God has for you is bigger than anything you could have imagined. And before you go bigger, you got to get better, right? We got to get better. We want to get better at ministry. We want to get better at how we do ministry. We want to get better at how we treat people, how we love, how we organize things, how we put things in order, right? Order precedes glory. You want to see God's glory in your ministry and your church, then go, go put some things in order. Um, evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. Why? Because to take an effective step forward, sometimes you have to take a step back. And this is our moment. This is our opportunity before 2017 comes in. You can square all of this away and get everything where it needs to be. So what I'm saying to you is I'm so excited and so passionate about this topic that I have created this end-of-the-year workshop experience that I want to bring to your church. It's an on-site workshop, an empowerment workshop that is coming to you. And so um, what, what I'm doing is there's normally a fee associated with these kind of workshops, but I'm offering it free of charge to churches. I'm offering it free of charge to you, to you and your ministry team, you and your leadership team, you and your church, however you want to position it. If you want um, myself, I'm going to come myself with the power up team and we're going to conduct the end of the year workshop what is going to happen in that workshop we're going to do two things we're going to evaluate 2016 and we're going to jump start by power planning for 2017 we need to jump start out 2017 by getting some things down on paper navigating through those conversations that's going to help us organize where we are to where we want to be so I'm inviting you all, each of you, if you're interested in, in having that end of the year evaluating, um, end of the year workshop brought to your church, to your ministry team, to to whatever wherever you are and whatever you're working on in ministry, if you want that brought to you, you could just inbox me and say, hey, Chanel, tell me more about this end of the year workshop. Again, we're offering this free of charge to churches. There's normally a fee associated with it, but we're making it free of charge so that we can get to as many churches as possible. Here's the catch. We only have seven slots left. It was eight. 
but now it's seven and it's a possible six. So there's, you know, six to seven spots left. Um, so it, it, you have to reach out to me. You got to let me know as soon as possible that you want me to come in and we can do this. We can sit down, evaluate 2016 and then power plan for 2017. And I'm here to help you do that. I'm your confidential thinking partner. I'm here as a leadership coach to help you navigate. Um, and what I love about coaching the coaches don't play the game. The players do. But they're on the sidelines helping you to strategize to win. I want to help you win this year. I want to help you win to the rest of 2016 and win into 2017. I really, really believe in this. Um, also, we have something great coming up. And I want you to write this date down. Saturday, November 19th, we have a Power Up Mixer. Okay? If you are a ministry leader in any capacity, we want you to be at this mixer. It is free of charge. And we'll have food. We'll have beverages. We're going to have networking and games if you've ever come to the power up retreat you already know though that game night is always lit like it's crazy but it's a safe space where leaders can come get to know each other and they can let down their hair and have some fun so i want you to be there saturday november 19th i'm going to put the flyer up in a few so let me know if you want if you want that end of the year workshop where we're going to evaluate 2017 and power plan for 2017 2016 and power plan for 2017 inbox me your information and say hey i want to i want to know what i need to do in order to get you to come to my church my ministry team and meet with us and then also if um i once i put the fly up let me know that you're coming i want to see you at the power up mix so we can talk one-on-one -on -one. i can meet you in person i love to see you i hope you were blessed by something that we shared today Join our Facebook group, Power Up Leaders and Partners. Find that group. Join that group so you can know more about what we're doing with Power Up. Like the Power Up page, Power Up Urban Leadership Network. Like the page so you can follow us and know what's going on in Power Up. I'm excited. I love you guys. I love each and every one of you. I'm so happy and so supportive. I'm just, I'm praying for your projects. When I see your flyers, people know I just show up to events. They didn't even invite me. I see your flyer. If my schedule is clear and I feel impressed with the Lord, to be there, I go, I go, I go because I want to show my support to you all as leaders. I'm here as an asset to you. I'm here as a resource to you as a leader. Why? Because this leadership journey is not a journey that we should be doing alone. We need each other. We got to do this together. So let's lead together. I love you guys. Remember, inbox me on Facebook or you can email me at info at powerupnetwork.org if you're interested in that end of the year workshop. Remember, six spots left. Love you guys. Give me a thumbs up if you enjoyed it today. You got something out of it. Let me see those hearts. Let me see those thumbs up. Let me know you got something out of it. Share this with your friend. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you again subscribe, subscribe. for joining us on the Power Up Podcast, Lead It or Leave It with your host, Chanel Ramsey, where we seek to inspire and empower today's leaders. For more information about Power Up, we invite you to visit us at powerupnetwork.org or you can reach us by email at info at powerupnetwork.org. Feel free to subscribe, go on social media, like our page, and follow us. Till next week, be inspired.